Hi, everyone. Welcome to Beer and Ballet's podcast. I am your host, Amber Daniels, and this is part two of our conversation with Lindsay from Beer is for Everyone. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this was recorded on Zoom, so there are some moments where Lindsay goes in and out. However, you totally still get the conversation. It's a great conversation, and I'm super stoked for you to hear about it and hear more of what Beer is for Everyone is doing for our community. It's super important work. So, all right, let's get to it. Enjoy. And I see it too, like just traveling around with all of the different brews. Like, you you know, it's either community beers, like, blinded me with science like how crazy is that <laughs> and if you're not in baltimore like you you see this cute little design and you're like what the hell is that oh <laughs> but then you go and look it up and you're like oh that's really cool you know or versus you know talking about japanese flavorings and things like that as well like i mean it can go in so many different directions again it goes back to that word community your community has come from so many different directions so it's really beautiful to hear that that's a goal yeah yeah and I think in addition to that, like being able, uh, back to the representation thing, you know, being able to see ingredients that are important to us, that, that are from our cultures. Also, it feels good. You know, like if I see something that, that has like native ingredients to where I'm from, I'm like, I need to get that beer. I don't care where it is. Mm-hmm. I will contact everybody I know in order to get it because it, it represents me. And, you know, like so often, like, it's these ingredients that are so standard and, and not that they're bad, but they don't actually represent me right. uh, in the sense that I'm a multicultural person, a mixed indigenous person. And in order to see myself within these beers, it's usually really hard um, because the ingredients are not common to most places. And, and in order to, to be able to brew with them, you need to know them. So it means knowing the cultures that you're exchanging with as well. So, yeah. And I'm curious, that answer might go into this next question that I am about to ask. Um, (laughs) Here's the list, everybody, of what these folks are doing. It's insane. So not only do you provide articles on new things happening in the brewing industry, such as, I love this, hashtag brew stash strong. That's a thing. Um, (laughs) But you have articles chatting about subjects anywhere from culture, such as minor feelings concerning Asian American reckonings, or even fun recipes, such as my favorite pumpkin beer stew. That's fantastic. Awesome. Can you chat about the importance of including all of these subjects um, within beers for everyone? Um, So to be honest, I don't know if it's necessarily an intentional, we want it to be all inclusive, or it's just simply me as the editor I'm a very again eclectic person so I don't see anything wrong with with branching out um, to all of these avenues because they're all important and they all actually do intersect and I think that in a lot of ways it's giving people a chance to it gives them an opportunity and a path to enter into this space of craft beer where we're trying to diversify it trying to be inclusive and it, it gives multiple avenues that somebody who might not necessarily be like, yeah, pumpkin beer stew is where it's at, can see, you know, the minor feelings article and be like, I resonate with that. So we want to give people multiple pathways to, to become part of, part of this collective and part of, part of the community that we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. It's all about invitation. Like that, that's the basis of how beer and ballet started as well, was a conversation (laughs) that I had with someone actually at one of my 
old brew hangouts where we were sitting down and talking about um, dance. And I just asked the simple question of, I'd never met this person before, by the way. This was that like classic moment where you're sipping a, a drink and somebody's like, what'd you drink Because I've never been here before. And then this is how this right. went. But I said, have you ever been to a full length dance concert? Like besides the Nutcracker, have you been, because that's always the one. Have you ever mm -hmm. been to one? Just curious, won't hurt my feelings. Well, it sort of did. The answer was no, but the reason why was because they never felt an invitation to do so. So they always oh. felt this like almost the fourth wall in stage where it's like they just, mm -hmm. they don't feel included. And if you even think about seating, right? Like this is why I love breweries is because ev everyone's at the same level. Like unless you're sitting yes. way up top, you are at the same level as your bartenders, as everybody. But at, on a stage or at least, you know, certain type of stages, it's the audience is down here. And then here's the stage like way up high. There's this weird hierarchy that seems to. Mm. The politics of space. That's fascinating. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, I wonder if that's a little part of it too, is this sense of invitation. And then again, with beer and ballet, we play seventies and eighties music just to kind of hype <laughs> everybody up. We know we're singing, oh, yeah. dancing. If you're messing up the step, it's like, who cares? <laughs> there's no mirror. Like there's no individual, like self-evaluation. It can't happen because you can't see yourself. You know, it's strictly about how do you feel in this movement that you're doing in this communal mm. space where we're all at the same level, no matter where you are in the dance world. Yes, um, yes. And I, I see that with your answer is like, it, it's finding some sort of way for people to come in, whether it's the 70s, 80s music, or whether it's a really great recipe like pumpkin beer stew, <laughs> somebody's gonna find an entry point and then they're mm -hmm. gonna get enticed and then they'll keep like searching a little bit. Um, yes, yes. And you just like summed it up way better than I did. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It's it, invitation is this really big word that I've been using lately. Um, so I think you talked about it a little bit earlier, but I just want to clarify it. And I'm probably, mm -hmm. probably mistaken when I say this, but you also have something that's called craft brew causes project. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes. can you chat a little bit more about that? I know there's a mention of Brave Voices. Um, so can you mm -hmm. chat a little bit more about those things? Yeah. So um, after all of the, well, you know, the reckoning that we call it in craft craft beer, I, I wanted uh, our, our organization to partake and to, to help the cause. And so Beers for Everyone created the Craft Brew Causes Project, um, which is basically a way for us to use our, our platform as well as our creative uses in order to raise funds for causes that are in need of financial assistance. So in the cases of Brave Voices, um, what they are what they are doing and, and current uh, continuing to do is that they are, are raising funds and, and financial assistance for people who are trying to get out of toxic situations in their workplaces and allowing them to get the mental help that they might need and to have you know, legal aid in case they need it, because a lot of times, you know, leaving a profession is not exactly an easy thing to do. Um, a lot of times it's very messy. And if you speak up, a lot of times there are repercussions, both legally and socially, and that can that can really cause a lot of uh, stress and turmoil for people. So we really wanted to be able to offer, you know, assistance in all fronts, and especially the mental health one, because I think that is something that 
I mean, we're talking about it more lately, but I think it's something that still goes um, underserved as well as, as under talked about. So uh, in general, the Craft Brew Causes Project seeks to try to work with organizations and collaborate with them in order to help them raise funds for the causes that matter to both of us, uh, matter to our organizations. Uh, so our first one was with Brave Voices. It was a very, very stressful, <laughs> fundraiser so I'm not sure uh, if we're going to change the formatting in the future with working with other people but I do think that unfortunately money talks in this world so in order to to make some difference in a lot of ways we need to be able to raise money for the people that we care about so mm -hmm. uh, that is that is that project <laughs> money for the people and money for I mean I I love this idea of talking about mental health it it is something that's so underserved within yes. craft beering, within dance. I mean, within educate. I mean, we could talk for a whole oh, hour yes. about my feelings <laughs> about that. Um, so yeah, thank you for doing that work because that you're absolutely right. Money talks, and it takes people like you who to create that platform or at least give another platform for some sort of foundation to do that type of work. Um, oh yeah, I mean, like we like we're not doing it like we're just trying to amplify the people that are yeah. um you know and like brave voices brave noise um brianne and ash like definitely the work that they're doing is amazing and i can't take any credit for it um i'm you know like beers for everyone is just trying to amplify the needed the needed push for what they're doing yeah for sure and folks who don't know of that situation that we're speaking of or all of that work that's being done, please look up some of those names that we just mentioned. Um, you'll find Instagram profiles, you'll find things such as Brave Voices, which will give you a little bit more information. It's very important. Um, the work that these folks are doing are very important to help out those folks who are speaking out towards things such as, you know, um, sexual harassment or racial injustice that happens within the brewing industry. Um, and we need to help each other speak out in those situations. So um, again, thank you everyone who is helping out with those causes. Hi, what's up everybody? I hope you're enjoying this lovely conversation that I had with Lindsay from Beer is for Everyone. I just wanted to let you know of a really cool event that's happening within the Baltimore, Maryland area. And if you're around, I'd love to see you. So it's brought to you by The Cube, Hamilton Main Street, Lauraville, Baltimore Main Streets, and Healthy Neighborhoods. And it's an event called Celebration of Women-Owned Businesses. Guess what? It's just that, an event that's celebrating women, the work that we do whenever we own these businesses within our community and the, the power of women. It's really great. There's going to be a lot of vendors, really cool entertainment, and of course, fun. I'm really proud to say that Beer and Ballet is going to be part of this event. I'd love to see you on Saturday, May 14th from 12 o'clock to 5 p.m. We'll have merchandise. We'll have news about our next class that's happening pretty soon. And yeah, we're just going to have a lovely time. I'd love to see you. Let's get more people within our community to talk about beer, to talk about dance, and to talk about community because that's what we're all about. All right, folks, let's get back to this podcast. And speaking of future, <laughs> I'd love to talk about what you envision. I mean, you did all of this stuff within like two years. I'm so curious, like what <laughs> you kind of envision your feelings going to. Yeah, where, where do you see it going? Um, so recently we um, have put out a call for more writers 
so that we can expand our education and awareness uh, sector of beers for everyone. So we are currently in the process of, of hiring on more writers in order to do that. So if anybody knows any writers, let me know. But uh, beyond that, we are actually trying to expand by having our own potential festival, beer festival in 2023. So that's in the works. Uh, but having our own beer festival and really trying to amplify and promote diversity in that space as well. And beyond that, I think we're just trying to continue what we're doing. I have a lot of just big dreams. I hope that at least some of them come to fruition. But uh, yeah, I think that there's so much to do as far as like diversity and inclusion within craft beer. And there's going to be a never ending amount of, of, of things to do. So I, I'm just super excited for, for all that is to come because I feel like ever so slowly we're seeing progress happen. And, and that's the motivation to keep going in, in all of it because, you know, it, if it starts with us, like it needs to end with the entire community. And like, I think that's what we're seeing. That last sentence. Yes, it, it's absolutely true. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've, we've come to this really fun time in our podcast where we, we like to talk about fun facts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any fun facts that you know, feel free to, you know, say them out loud and proud if you'd like. The two main things we talk about is beer and dance. <laughs> Um, did you have any fun facts you'd like to chat about? I mean, like, I, I just love this, uh, coming from being in ballet as, as a kid, like finally coming back to, to talking about ballet and, and just the, even just talking about like the, the, the physical politics of the space and the presentation area is just like so fascinating now that I'm an academic, it's just mm-hmm. nerding out a little bit, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that, you know, as far as like, okay, this is totally not a fun fact, but it's just like, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. Like just, just the whole idea of like who is winning and who is losing in ballet and in, in, in beer is so subjective. And uh, I think it's, you know, like in thinking to ballet, like, you know, is it, is it the, this is the question for you, I guess, is it, mm-hmm. is it the prima ballerina that is, you know, so-called winning because she is a star is, is, is there, I, I know that there is some type of hierarchy within performance aspect of ballet so can you speak to that yeah there's a lot of it and and a lot of what my thesis focuses on and I I think it goes within the ballet world too um because I in my thesis I'm talking about dance as a whole but I think this is especially present in ballet where it's this hierarchy in ownership Mm. like who owns the movement um, oh, interesting. So whenever a choreographer like gives the moves, are they the person who owns the movement, even though the dancer is doing the movement and mm. in like repertoire or, you know, that's works that's been like repeated over and over and over again. Does the dancer slowly lose their artistic voice? The more, mm. rep, you know, repetition that they perform that in. So I, you know, of course, in writing this thesis, I started writing another one um, where I'm starting to do more research um, about copyright and dance um, mm. and about, you know, really asking those questions to different types of artists about ownership, especially in moments of improvisation. If, if I'm a choreographer that just gives an objective mm-hmm. in movement instead of a, you must do step A, B, C, D. And instead of that, I say, you need to start at A and somehow in some way you need, you need to get to step Z. I don't care Mm. how you do it. You just have to do it. 
do I still take ownership in that because I gave a directive? So yeah, there, there's a lot of different forms of hierarchy, I think, within performance. Um, and it all starts for me anyway, in the classroom and in, in the rehearsal space, for sure. For me. Yeah. And, and that, that intersects with like body politics as well. And, and that's super fascinating. And I, I love talking about that. And that's what my dissertation is on. So that, that just gets into a whole nother thing. Oh, so, yeah. We have to talk for like two more hours. Are you crazy? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we should send each other, each other's right. Okay guys. Well, yeah. this has turned into a thesis and dissertation podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's insane. It, it's pretty wild. Whenever we put Again, that's why I love language so much is because the moment that you put a word on something instantly, there's some sort of like, I don't know, there's some sort of instigated meaning behind it, or at least your own personal meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. That sort of gives you a little bit of a bias of what that word means. So it's, it's always fun for me to ask those questions of like, what, what does that word really mean to you? And like, how did you get to that meaning? Um, yeah. Yeah. Was it a school I mean- teacher that was like, that was it? <laughs> Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's a total academic thing to do. <laughs> I, yeah. But yeah, you know, guilty. It's all good. <laughs> but I think, you know, like in order to, I truly believe in order to have a, a solid conversation and dialogue, it, it needs to have an understanding of what even we're talking about as far as, you know, the language, like you said, and the words that we use, because, you know, like in I, I come from a school of thought that is uh, constructivist. So I believe that, you know, everything is socially constructed. So if we don't even, I think that's a lot of how conflict arises nowadays is that we're not even talking about the same thing when we're talking about the same thing. And in order to really understand uh, each other, we need to understand so much more than just the words we're saying, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, Totally. It also comes from this world of um, social media. I feel like social Mm. media is a big conflict in that too. And texting, texting is a thing too. Instead of having that phone conversation and hearing the dialect that's happening or hearing the Mm -hmm. the voice control that's happening, yikes the amount of things that have probably occurred. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. So yeah, text-based communication is, 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 it, it lacks a lot of the human connection that I think that we were meant to have. That is a whole nother conversation <laughs> as well. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that if we can sit down, have a good beer, then I think that it, it brings a lot more to communication and, and to the depth of the conversations than if we we're just trying to like chat over email or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totes, totes. Well, here, here's a couple of fun facts that we found this week. I'm curious if you know if you have any information about them. So something that's very popular right now, which heck yeah, sure, it's non-alcoholic beer. Mm, yes. This is like a, a, a new thing that's really occurring. And again, it goes into this, this thing of inclusivity. There's some folks who mm-hmm. don't drink and they walk into a bar because all their friends are like, I'm going to have my birthday party at brewery so-and-so. And then they can't drink and, you know, they feel a little excluded. So here's another gateway into that. But so here's the fun fact we found. Non-alcoholic beer is made either by eliminating fermentation or by removing the alcohol from the finished beer, which I did not think was the way that that was going to go. 
Um, compared to making the conventional beer, the technology of making non-alcoholic beer is a more complicated procedure. The alcohol removal process can include heat and membrane-based processes such as vacuum <laughs> distillation. I know it sounds weird. Membrane <laughs> filtration <laughs> and reverse osmosis. That is fascinating. I yeah. understood none of that, but that's fascinating. That last part, <laughs> I have no earthly idea. I mean, there's so much science that happens within like yeah. brewing, brewing any sort of drink or culinary anything that I'm just. Yes. People. It is art. It is totally art. Yeah, it's totally art. It is. But yeah, I, I guess I was so shocked by it saying, you know, it, it's from a finished beer. It's from mm -hmm. a finished beer. And then somehow in some way they take that alcohol out. I'm sure someone will explain it to me and I'll go, oh, duh. Right. But in just reading it, I just found that kind of really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the technology is, is moving forward and, and being able to offer that, that option of, of non-alcoholic beers is, and I love that it's becoming a trend because there are so many people who it allows them to enjoy the space as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then dance wise, folks, this is a great one. Um, so many folks know the name Misty Copeland. Have you heard of Misty Copeland? Yes. Yeah. Very, very big name. Um, she was known as one of the or she is still here. People still be in the badass <laughs> as she is um, the first principal ballet soloist in the American Ballet Theater. But you have heard the name of Deborah Austin, who was actually the very first Black dancer to join the New York City Ballet in 1971. Mm. She then became the first Black principal dancer to sign a professional contract with the Pennsylvania Ballet in 1982. Um, and then now she's teaching as a master, a ballet master um, at the Carolina Ballet and serves on the School of American Ballet's Alumni Advisory Committee on Diversity and Inclusion. She's a badass. Wow. Totally. Badass. I watched some of her films and I was like, who is this woman? Like, what? <laughs> Where have you been historically in my education? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, go look her up, y'all. Deborah Austin, her movement is, she is a beast of a dancer. I just, she's fantastic. Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to go watch that after this. Yeah. Yeah. You need to check her out. She's. And then we need to change the discourse as to why you didn't learn about her in school, but you know. <laughs> right. Again, like another three hour conversation. Yeah. I yes. mean, it's yes. absolutely insane. I asked some of my students if they knew the name. They said, no, I just shocked. Absolutely <laughs> shocked at, at my entire educational career that yes. these are one of the first times that I've heard of it. And I am 30 some odd years old. That's. <laughs> crazy <laughs> well, better to know now than never so. it's true better know now now i can share it with the world there you go exactly. beard there you yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> well Lindsay, how can our followers follow you um how can they be involved if they'd like to be in beers for everyone i know you said you were you're looking for some writers so if there's some writers out there how do they get in contact with you yeah so our, our main platform is going to be instagram so our handle is beers for everyone um, and we also have Facebook, Twitter, and you can email me if you are interested in a writer's position within our writer's collective. It's just info at beersforeveryone.com or just, you know, connect with Amber and she can send you my way, giving you a little job there. Um, but sure. I think that, uh, yeah, if anybody is interested in trying to make this space uh, better for all of us, then uh, we definitely invite you to apply. 
Uh, we are looking for writers who can write on a monthly basis, basically, more if if wanted, but we understand that a lot of the people that are, are in our organization um, have other jobs, sometimes two and three, and they're like all of us who just have side projects that we just love and are passionate about. So uh, yeah, we invite anybody to, to come and join us uh, because we truly believe that beer is for everyone and, and that in order to, to be the best that we can do, we need more people. It has been so lovely talking to you. I'm so glad we can make this happen. Y'all, we've been chatting on email. I've been so excited to see the face. It's on Zoom, but that's okay. <laughs> one day it'll be in person. It'll be at the Beers for Everyone Festival. One day. Well, yes. we're going to help you make that happen. It'll be a thing. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, Beer Ballet fans. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Don't you worry. We'll see you in the next two weeks or so for the next podcast episode. Other than that, enjoy a brewski today. Enjoy the sunshine. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Cheers.